I mean, when, you know, when you look at like Isaiah 61, the ultimate, like, it's like the healing, you know, mission statement of Jesus. It's, it's all about, it's all about justice. It's all about healing. It's about putting things back together. Like they were never broken. And that's what Jesus wants to do. You know, he doesn't want us to live in a broken state of mind or that broken heartedness. He wants to bring healing. My passion is, is that especially if we're talking about people who are open to Jesus, like my hope is that people just let him in to their soul and clean out their house. That's kind of how I view the soul. It's like clean it out. Because he wants to get your house in order. He wants to get your soul in order so that you can actually do what God's called you to do. Welcome to the Prophetic Justice Podcast, where we talk with people who love God and work across a variety of social justice professions. I'm Tatiana Burgum, and I'm on a mission to learn from my fellow peers in the field about how God speaks to them and the impact it has on their work. Let's take a look at social justice through a supernatural lens. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode, we are talking with Nancy Rich. She is a wife, a mother, and a clinical therapist. Nancy is the founder of Sanctuary Counseling and Consulting in Minneapolis and specializes in trauma therapy. So thank you so much for joining us, Nancy, and it's really an honor to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this and just to connect with you, Tatiana, personally, but also professionally. So there's probably a lot of things we can talk about. (laughs) This is going to be good. So for our listeners, let's give a little bit of background about how we know each other. I know I'm trying to think about when we first met each other, because I started going to Maranatha private Christian school Mm -hmm. when I was a junior in high school. So that's probably, yeah. It's been a few decades, honestly, that we've in and out of each other's worlds, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so we went to school together in high school, played basketball. Yeah. Um, anyone listening to this, Nancy was a really extremely talented basketball player, and that was really <laughs> fun to watch you grow in that area. Yeah. Um, but now it's even really beautiful to watch you be a mother and to see this business grow that you're that you've started. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that looking. I mean, I'm grateful for basketball and yet what I'm doing now, I feel so much more passionate about. And I remember, you know, we were, we've been friends on social media and I kind of saw that you were going down this path of, you know, social work and advocacy work and all the different things. And that was the path that I had gone down as well. Cause I got my master's in social work and I was like, okay, yeah. I, I just kind of felt like when we did connect, it was like, we went, we go deep pretty fast. And yeah. so even though we don't see each other a lot, it's, it's, it is cool to see how God has kind of paralleled like parts of our calling. Well, just like anything you think, you, you know, someone at certain points in their lives and you just, especially when you're younger, you're just like, I don't really mm-hmm. see this person. Like you just can't see them beyond what they are right in front of you. And yeah. so to be able to see even other people we've gone to school with just grow in different ways. And you're kind of like, I didn't see this coming. Like, this is awesome <laughs> to see you in this different field or this different like life circumstance. Like, it's really beautiful to watch people grow in that way. 
So yeah, yeah. yeah. You can never pin people in high no. school. And I, you know, I think one of the things that's always been a part of me is I have huge compassion for broken people. And when I look back in my life, like whether it's from childhood or adolescence, like that's always been a part of me. Yeah. And the other piece for me is that I never felt like I needed to fit into a certain group. I just always felt like I could connect with people on so many different levels. And so I think being more of that social worker background, you just learn just so much about diversity and you don't want to just like pin yourself in one group. And so that's kind of, yeah, I feel like that is who I am at my core, but it it doesn't always come out in high school. (laughs) Well, I will say when I, when you, when you said that, it made me think back because I think um, watching you, you were always just really yourself. Like you, like whatever that looked like, you just came in with who you were and that, I mean, not a lot of high school kids can do that. And so it was really cool. And I, I always really looked up to that because I struggled a lot in high school. And so it was just, you watch people, you know, and so you kind of watch the people mm-hmm. who you think have it all together. And you were one of those people for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Oh, we can both laugh right? about it now, right? But yeah, right. I think it's really cool, really cool to yeah. see. And then how many kiddos do you have? So I have two girls, so um, ages seven and four. Yeah. Motherhood is a wild ride in, you know, in itself. And then doing it alongside being a mental health therapist is another mm-hmm. ball of wax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It's that's, that's my biggest calling is being a mom. I would say out of anything that I do, that's what I, I love the most. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I love hearing you say that. I was just talking to another guest that we had recently, and they were also talking about motherhood and how it really is part of our calling. And a lot of times as women, well, people in general, but I think for women especially, we are trying to search for this calling that's outside of the home and asking right. God, like, what is my purpose here on earth? What are you, What is it that you want me to do? But motherhood is so often part of it, or it's just that is it for a while. Yeah. I've had men, you know, a few conversations with God recently where I just kind of, I hold my business with open hands and I would be happy being a stay at home mom. Of course I say that and, you know, I probably get bored after three weeks, (laughs) but there are times where I just, yeah, I love that. I mean, I am passionate about what I do, but I think that the biggest thing for me is that I'm not defined by what I do. You know, I have this training I have this background, you know, I have this education, but at the end of the day, like I'm God's daughter yeah, and my identity is rooted in him and knowing him and everything that I do flows from that place. Of course, not everything, but I try to have be a lot of things. Um, whether that is motherhood or, you know, being a therapist and all these different roles and, And I think that's really grounding for me because it kind of takes the pressure off of me to be a performer, just rest in him. That's so true. Sanctuary Counseling and Consulting. When did you start this company? So I think this, I was thinking about this before we did our call today. And when I really felt called to 
social work. I was, you know, doing my undergraduate degree and I got my undergraduate degree in psychology because I knew I wanted to be a mental health therapist. And then after I graduated, um, I decided to go for my master's in social work because it's kind of a, it's a degree that you can use in multiple different arenas. And so, you know, I just felt called to help people and felt, you know, just felt such a huge, um, compassionate heart for people and really seeing them break through. And actually when I was in Superior, Wisconsin, I was doing in-home therapy and I did a couple of internships there and I would go into people's homes and, you know, whether they, a lot of them had were on state insurance or had um, section eight housing or, you know, assisted housing. And I would help them pick up different pieces of their lives that they couldn't do on their own you know, whether it was bringing them to the dentist or bringing them to a meeting for, you know, their kid at school or, you know, helping them sitting down and helping one of their kids do homework. So I just like basically went into a situation and filled in these gaps. And I, I love doing that. That was super rewarding work. Um, and really I learned at that time that the biggest thing is building relationships with people and showing them that you really care about them kind of in my personal life, I find a church that I like. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the, one of the times this one man, I I don't even know what country he was from, but he was coming in and he was a missionary and he was talking to us about what is our calling? Like what people group are we called to? Yeah. And he said, you know, you live in the United States and you think everyone here has is blessed basically, but he's like, that's obviously not true. And so he talked about how, he talked about, you know, there's children here who are being sexually abused. There are, there's this group, there's that group. But when he said the children who were being sexually abused, there was something inside of me. And I really believe it was the Lord that was like, that's, those are my people. And, wow. you know, talk about like wow. <laughs> kind of heavy duty, but I just knew in that moment that that's, that was a part of my calling. And you know, and then I did an internship at a place called, it was called Christian Recovery Center in Golden Valley at the time. And I learned from this therapist who was in her seventies at the time. And she had written a couple of books and I shadowed her for a few months. And then I started doing therapy on my own. But the way that she was, she was a trained psychologist in trauma and in different modalities, but then also she incorporated prayer and she incorporated, you know, um, for Christian clients, you know, who wanted this type of care, she incorporated like this Christian integration aspect. And I really was intrigued by it. And I saw people getting better. Yeah. Um, so I learned so much in that like nine months of my internship. And then I ended up, that was the first place that I worked as a therapist. And, I would say about 75% of my caseload were women who had been sexually abused in childhood. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone who's looking (laughs) to be a therapist, but it was like the Lord had me on a fast expedited track of training. And it was stuff that I couldn't learn in graduate school. I had to learn it by being with these women Um, and, and there's, there needs to be people working with men too, but I just felt especially called to yeah. Um, but wow. man, I learned so much. Yeah. That's amazing. Trial by fire for real. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. And of course, looking back now as a therapist, like I had a lot of things I needed to work on personally and professionally, like, yeah. you know, healthy boundaries and different things. But, you know, you just, you learn those things as you get older. And I needed to learn some things about trauma that just, it it just happened all really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know when you were going into this that you wanted to incorporate like prayer and just God in a deeper way and the way you did clinical therapy at that time? Or was that not on your radar until this woman kind of showed you how she did it? Well, God was always, so one of my top five strengths is belief and the strengths finder. And so my belief system is very, it's just so integrated into who I am that it's like the filter and the lens that I look through. And so I would say that I always kind of deep down knew that it's something I wanted to do. I just, I wanted to do it in an ethical way. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I had my licensure and I had different things and I wanted to do it in a way that actually worked. And so um, after I got trained up by this clinical director, I ended up getting trained at another place that also specialized in Christian integration And the way that she taught me was so valuable. Um, I was trained in Sozo. um, I trained in some Theophastics, Emmanuel approach. Those are all different kind of inner healing modalities. Um, And I was trained to ask clients exactly if they wanted the Christian integration in their care and if they didn't. And then, of course, if I knew a client was agnostic or atheist or something, I wouldn't even ask that question yeah. at that point. So I really like, it's really, really important to me that I can work with clients of all different belief systems and of it doesn't course. all have to be Christian clients. But if I do right. have a Christian client who comes in, I want them to know that the door is open to bring that piece Absolutely. in. So when you are working with women, how did you, what was the first shift you saw? I guess, as you were bringing, even if you weren't sitting down with them in prayer in the session, what Mm -hmm. was, was there like a moment when you noticeably were like this, this is making a difference. Like I see the shift here. Okay. So what I recognized were a couple of things. Like I remember one woman I worked with who hadn't told anybody that her dad had sexually abused her her entire childhood until she was 19. And I was Now she told a friend and then I was the first therapist that she told and she told me her whole story and it was like a weight was lifted off of her shoulders as we worked together. And even though I wasn't even trained in any of the trauma therapies I'm trained in now, like just being a safe place for people, um, I noticed that that made like dramatic shifts in their mental health and At that time, really bringing in like the education of your symptoms are because of the trauma you went through. You're not going crazy. Like there's nothing wrong with you. You're completely normal. Like, of course, you're going to have, you know, dissociation or, you know, nightmares, flashbacks, all that because of everything you went through. So I think also like really normalizing people's experiences, you know, that I really started noticing shifts in people at that point as well. Um. And then on a deeper level, when I started working with women who were really open to bringing like Jesus into sessions, um, like they asked me if, if I could do that. And of course I was open to that. 
and we did different types of prayers and inner healing work with counseling. I mean, I saw different people who had like dissociative identity disorder yeah. not have it anymore wow. or people who had, you know, really deep layers of trauma. It was like Jesus just took it away. It was a process, but yep. it was he he wants to heal people. Yes. But there are different keys that we have to go through and walk through in inner healing in our own journey. Yeah. To get free. Yeah. And so he started kind of showing me some of those things with That's the women amazing. that I was working with. Mm-hmm. I really, it sounds as you talk, it just sounds like God was literally giving you like education of his own versus right. what you had gotten in school. I yes. mean, it, it just aligned perfectly with what he yes. wanted for these people. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so interesting about it is a lot of the models that I learn about, like with EMDR, the sensory motor psychotherapy, I know I mentioned those people may not know what they are, but a lot of the stuff that he showed me is in alignment with a lot of those really good, they're really good models and, and they really do help heal people. But I think he just takes it to that next level because you know, when you've been through such trauma, there's no therapist or person who can fill that deep void inside of you. He's got to come and do that. But yeah, he, he has a way of giving us what we need, you know, like, like education wise and different things if we just rely on him. That's so true. Could you back up just for a, a minute and explain those three inner healing, um, methods that you talked about. The first one you mentioned was Sozo and just a brief overview of what those each are for our listeners. Sozo is a prayer model that comes out of Bethel um, in Redding, California. And there are different um, elements to Sozo, but some of them are, um, you know, I'll give an example. Like if we have different lies or misperceptions that we have about, let's say, Father God, sometimes it could be because of our earthly father. Um, or if we have misconceptions about the Holy Spirit, sometimes that can be from like the mother wound. Yeah. And so, and then Jesus is either a brother uh, or like a sister, a sibling, or a friend. Oh, wow. And so a lot of times our view of the Trinity can be affected because of our earthly circumstances or situations. Um, The other thing that the Sozo model teaches is it teaches people how to hear God's voice, which is very biblical and is very important for people, but they don't always know how to access the Holy Spirit that lives inside of them. Right. Um, And then the other thing that Sozo incorporates, I mean, there's lots of things, but it also incorporates forgiveness. And, you know, I don't push that on people, but a lot of times people are ready to heal. They just, they're like, yeah, I'll forgive whoever I need to, you know, because they just, just, they need to be free. Um, The Emmanuel approach is, it's more of an attachment-based inner healing model where you begin with a positive experience that you have with Jesus. And after you have that positive experience and you have that positive attachment with Jesus, then you go to the trauma memory. And it's interesting because that's what Jesus was doing with my clients before I even learned that model. That's amazing. And what wow. was interesting, what's interesting too, is that then in the Emmanuel approach and then the way Jesus works is that you just go, he leads you. So he, yeah, 
still take us to where we need to go, where we need to have our healing, um, whether, you know, a specific memory usually is where there's lies or negative beliefs about ourselves or about the world around us that okay. was formed. Yeah. Um, so that's the manual approach and that's very effective. And then the other one is theophastics. It's kind of like the same thing. It's like the old school inner healing Got model, it. but it's basically where you bring Jesus into a trauma memory. Okay. Um, Oh, wow. And the word Emmanuel means God with us. So I think there's some Christians who think that God isn't with us when we're in our trauma. Okay. Was he really there when you were being abused? Yes. And the answer is yes, he was. Right. Okay. Then the next question is why did he allow it to happen? And that's a big question that people have to grapple with. It's like, well, yeah. we, I know it's, it's the worst, but we live in a fallen world where there's free will and, you know, but he is, he does promise to be with us in all of it. Yeah. Um, even in the hard and difficult times. So those are the three, the three, um, inner healing approaches. And okay. then, yeah, there's the other, I don't know. I could, I, I could talk about this stuff all day. But I know. I know you're good. I, <laughs> I could listen to you talk about it all day. It It is so fascinating and it's, Actually, it, it blows my mind that God was actually having you do some of th these things before you realize this is an actual inner healing method. Yeah. God was telling you what to do for each person yeah. that you were seeing. That's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. I mean, when you know, when you look at like Isaiah 61, the ultimate like it's like the healing you know, mission statement of Jesus, it's, it's all about, it's all about justice. It's all about healing. It's about putting things back together. Like they were never broken. And wow. that's what Jesus that's wants to do. You know, he doesn't want us to live in a broken state of mind or that broken heartedness. He wants to bring healing. And my passion is, is that especially if we're talking about people who are open to Jesus, like, you know, it's my hope is that people just let him in to their soul yeah, and clean out their house. That's kind of how I view the soul. It's like yeah, clean it out because he wants to get your house in order. He wants to get yeah. your soul in order so that you can actually do what God's called you to do. Right. Right. You know, but I think a lot of people don't know that they don't even know the areas sometimes where they are broken. And they, they don't know that they have access to him. Right. And there's such a separation. I mean, it truly, I think I was just a few years ago when I realized like God was there in some of the mm -hmm. darkest moments, but you separate the two because sometimes you have to, right. you just can't understand how God would allow certain things to happen. Like how could God have been there when X, Y, and Z happened, but he was. And so to be able to one, accept that. But then also, too, to be able to go and see in that moment through a sozo healing or just prayer that to go mm -hmm. back and to be able to see where God was is incredibly healing. Like, right. just really, it's kind of like that. I think of it as like that gold that goes into those broken pieces of, yeah. you know, our trauma in our heart that really right. isn't healed until you can go in and do that. And right. so I think it just amazes me that that is, I think, I don't know that that's one in your therapy because it's not very common, I think, which yeah. I would like to ask you about in a minute, but then also 
it just shifts your entire being, like you said, to really move forward and to be able to go into what God is calling everyone into. Right. So you are doing um, learning as you go with your clients, but then what did it look like in your personal life? How, like, cause I think that whenever we do work like this, like it brings something up. I think we learn things about ourselves as we go and we get healed as we go, as we do some of these things. So do you mind sharing a little bit about what that was like for you personally, as God was bringing you through this in a professional sense as well? Yeah, this is, you know, the whole nother topic. So, which is, it's good because really I feel like I can bring clients to a deeper place of healing when I've gone there myself. It doesn't mean that I have gone through all of their experiences, thankfully, but I, you know, I go deeper in my own healing work. It's just something I, the Lord's called me to do, but I come from generational lines of addiction, anxiety, um, like a lot of us do. I mean, so many people have that kind of in their generational line. And, and so although my parents did the best they could, you know, and I won't go into details here, but it's, you know, there were some things that I needed to work through. And, you know, that's, that's like a lot of us, but it was like, so I needed to kind of go through a deeper layer of healing with the father God, yeah, with father God. And, and also just kind of um, recognizing my worth boundaries and, you know, finding my voice. And the Lord did that in a lot of different ways. It was through therapy. It was through art and painting. It was through inner healing and prayer. And, and I, I don't hold back or like pretend that I haven't done that because I just want it to be normalized so that people can can do what they need to do and become more whole. And that's kind of the goal is to become whole. You know, I don't need to become more like somebody else or, you know, become more like this or that. I find that when I become more whole, it's just like accepting who I am and valuing myself and being, being able to be connected to God. And if I have triggers, you know, then I put, I know, okay, like there's a healing that needs to take place in that area. Um, right. And so I, you know, not, I mean, by any means perfect, but it's like, none of us need to be, I kind of know when I I'm like, okay, there's something there for me. So yeah. I started that journey earlier on in graduate school. And I'm so thankful that I've done the work that I've done. I feel like it's made me a better mom, a better wife. Yeah. It, it's matured me emotionally. You know, that's the other thing is like when we get stuck at different developmental stages, there's that, there's a book called, Mm -hmm. it's about having emotionally immature parents and we, we can get stuck at different levels of emotional immaturity based on our childhood. And so for me, it was like, I want to be emotionally mature for my husband and for my children and just keep, keep growing. So Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I tell people too, I'm like, therapy is one tool. Like God can bring healing. He's creative. He can bring healing in so many different ways. And so for the clients who come and see me, I'm like, Hey, if I'm part of your healing journey and story, great. But you know, if you want to, if you want to do massage or if you want to do inner healing stuff outside of me, or you like, yeah, there's, you know, you get options. Yeah. You get to decide and choose. You have that, you know, I want to empower them to kind of decide what they want to do. 
That's amazing. And one thing I forgot to mention is that you are actually an amazing, you you do prophetic art, I would call it. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Do you, okay, yeah. Prophetic I art. That. Yep. How did that process start for you too? Because I think there's so many um, people in the mental health field who are actually truly gifted artistically. Um, yeah. I've seen like, I don't know, I just have noticed that where it's like, it goes hand in hand almost and you don't really tap into it right away but when did you start doing art as a healing well maybe yeah. it wasn't for healing maybe it was just because you were really good at it. <laughs> no so this is actually a super cool story and i'm glad that you asked this because i had been a therapist for a couple of years after graduate school and i was gonna go visit my friend in Georgia at the time. And she's a really strong believer. And, but before I went, I, I decided to buy an easel and I didn't know why, but I was like, I feel like I'm going to be painting sometime. So I go down to Florida and I see my friend in Georgia and they have an international house of prayer in Atlanta. Yeah. And I don't know if it was in Atlanta, it was somewhere in Georgia, but we, we go and we go into a prophetic room and this one guy he prophesies over me and right away, of course, I didn't tell him anything about my background right away. Mm -hmm. He says, I see you painting. And he says, I see you picking out different colors and the Lord's basically going to like, this is a time that you're going to be spending with him. And he said, your paintings are going to deliver women from self-hatred. It's amazing. Yeah. And so that was a total confirmation wow. to me. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I go home and I just start painting. And I remember the first painting I ever did, I felt like a spirit of heaviness was lifting off of me. Come on. Mm -hmm. And I began to paint whatever just came to my heart, whatever came to my spirit. And even though I was an experienced painter, it was like the colors spoke to me. And a lot of my first paintings were with a woman who had a muzzle over her mouth. Wow. And then as I did my inner healing journey, that muzzle started, you know, then I would draw different things. Then I had issues with my ears and I would draw different things, you know, paint yeah. different things with the ears. And then I found healing in my ears. And so the uh, painting, as you painted, you were getting healed from yeah, the things that you were physically painting. and emotionally. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. And there is something that happens when you know, you like, it's something I feel like I'm called to do, but I haven't, I honestly, that's another area of, okay, Lord, how do you want to incorporate that into the work yeah. that I do with clients? Because I haven't done a lot of it and it's kind of been more of a personal thing for me. Yeah. So maybe even talking about it, I'm like, you know, I feel like this is like the second or third time this has come up in a month. <laughs> So God, maybe he's trying to, to say something. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. well, it's interesting because even when you said that, like I totally saw, I don't know how you would do it or whatever, but I as you said it, I saw people that you were working with painting with you and that you were almost using it as like a tool to talk mm -hmm. through trauma. But yes, that is amazing. That's amazing. Do you sell your paintings at this point or do you hang on? They're just <laughs> Yours. I haven't. They're just sitting in my closet. Um, yeah. But 
no, the Lord wants to do something with them. And I could always do like, you know, I've thought about doing prints or something along those lines. Um, yeah. But what I love about pictures, it, they truly are worth a thousand words. And sometimes we can't fully express all that's going on in our soul, our spirit. Yeah. And so having an outlet like painting or music or something just like it, it expresses or releases something from our bodies yes um yeah that need to be yeah you know and the yeah when i do it's i'm working on right now about um joseph's multicolored coat and you know and i won't go into all of it but basically the coat represented his anointing but what happened to his coat was that it got buried and you know because his brothers threw him in the pit and his coat ripped to shreds and Sometimes in our lives, it feels like we go through some really difficult things and it feels like our callings or our anointings get buried. And then, you know, but God has a way of resurrecting those dreams or those those things that we feel like are lost. Absolutely. And I mean, I love how you put that too, because Joseph was a dreamer that was a part of what God had given him and how he talked to him. And so it was, it literally was like symbolism of our dreams sometimes getting buried right right? and so it is that's i'm excited to see that painting that's going to be absolutely amazing i had started (laughs) i started painting like a while ago and i wasn't really doing it prophetically or anything i just was painting just to try it out and i was not good at it and then recently i also had a similar prophetic words spoken over me about painting and I I laughed it off because I just was like I am not a painter like I think it was the person who had spoken it over me has said I see you up on stage doing prophetic art like as worship is happening on this big stage and I was I like literally laughed because I was like there is no way <laughs> yeah that is ever gonna happen but then God was like buy the paint supplies and so I bought it. I've painted a few times, but I think my something that I just need to be okay with is that things don't look great the first time you do them. I did it yes. and I was like, this is so bad. Like I cannot let anyone see this painting. Right. <laughs> You're right though. It is something, I mean, it has to come out. So just let whatever comes out, come out and get it on canvas or on paper and just let it be there instead of trying to make it this like whatever you think it needs to be. So that's right. like a whole other process in and of itself is that acceptance. Right. Yeah, it, it is like there's a process of accepting like the imperfection of it. And then, yeah. you know, what I focused on with painting is not like perfecting the images, but like really like doing colors or strokes or different things that yeah. kind of like I felt drawn to. <clears throat> Yeah, whether it was circles move, or yeah. lines or different things like that. So yeah, you can kind of play around with it. But it took me some time to get any. I look at my first paintings and I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> but if I hadn't started, yes, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I know, and that's so hard sometimes. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's very cool. I really hope that you sell them down the road as you're able to. I think that would be really powerful. Thank you. I yeah. love prophetic art. Art, actually, I at the mantle conference that we went to. I don't know if you had seen in the um, place where they had the vendors. There was a woman there from New York who was selling prophetic art, um, mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful. And so I bought a few pieces of 
her artwork. But Ooh, don't, don't, I, don't, uh, I'll put the else. link down below in the show notes. Yeah. But um, so the one thing I would like to talk with you about. So we both recently went to this conference called the Mantle Conference um, at the Minneapolis Convention Center. And um, it was put on by a pastor prophet in Minneapolis named Joshua Giles and his team put this amazing prophetic Mm -hmm. conference on specific to receiving your mantle, understanding your mantle, and you were able to attend um, as well. And so I would love to hear now that we've had some time to process all that it was, how, what are your thoughts? How is it playing out in your life? have you processed it because it was a whole lot because it's like it was a life-changing conference and um yeah it just shifted something within me as well so I would love to hear how it worked or is working for you yeah I mean in a nutshell I feel like who Joshua Giles and even like his ministry um I don't know what you would call it like the way that he does ministry like he's a businessman yeah but then he has this ministry and I love that. And yes. I felt like that was kind of the vibe there for lack of a better 100%. word is that I feel that like people had, you know, successful businesses and they saw mm. that God was working through them in the marketplace, but then they also had these ministry ministries as well. And yeah. just the way that they, the the depth in which they explored the things of God was so amazing. And, um, I don't know. I'm just going to say this. So I am Caucasian. I'm white. But at this conference, it was a lot of African-American, a lot of black people and different, you know, just so many people of color. I loved that so much because I just saw a completely different expression of worship. And I feel like it was like my soul needed it. It craved it. And I I just could not believe it had taken this long for me to go to something like this. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some things that stand out to me, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts too. And maybe it'll jog some of my own. Yeah. So it's interesting because I I went last year as well and it literally changed my whole life. Like Mm. I, I left feeling similarly as like, there's all of these business owners, like successful people in their businesses and their mountains. And yet they were so deeply in love with God and they wanted more. And um, then to see the worship as well, it was like you were saying, like my soul just needed it. And I had never been around anything like that in my life. Like we, I I remember leaving and telling my husband last year, I don't think I can go back to church. <laughs> I, yes. I can go sit in a church service. Yeah. Um, because this was just so like next level. It was just amazing. Everything was uh-huh. so good and so on point. And so this year, I was like, okay, now that I know what it is and what it did for me last year, like what is going to be different this year? And what I really walked away with was a deeper understanding of who I am within the mountains that God has called me into as far as like being a maybe apostolic or because they yeah. talked a lot about apostolic um, yeah. gifting and what that it looks like in yeah. business and other areas. And not yeah. just specific to ministry. And that's really, I think, where I get caught up is because I think these like these fivefold things can only happen within ministry. Yeah. But what yes. they really talked about was it being 
wherever you work, like bringing those yeah. things into wherever you work. You don't have to shift your whole career unless God tells you to. But how do you utilize that and what you're doing right now? Yes. Yes. And so that was what I walked away with. Yes, that's that's such a good summary. I feel like that is, yes, a lot of what was getting stirred up inside of me. Like I, one of the speakers, that last gal, she had been a leader in the country that she was in, like a political yes. leader and a physician. And then she moved yes. here and has, you know, a successful um, businesses yes. and different things. And I think that it's it's good for us to see that because a lot of times in Christianity, it's like, we feel like we're, we have to be so humble Mm -hmm. and, you know, honestly be poor financially. Yeah. And there's these mindsets of poverty. Yeah. And that real, this conference really challenged some of that. Like God wants us, you know, it's not, it's not like it's about those things necessarily, but he wants us to be able to have influence and he wants us to excel in like you said like the mountains or the areas of influence and so when i walked away too you know i have i actually formed another business shortly after going there and felt like okay this next layer of my calling which is more of like coaching and consulting and creating online courses and like how do i become an influence in the mental health field how do i become a voice where you know god can use my experiences to help other people. Yeah. And that's that's the ultimate goal, right. Is to help others and to, to love others. And, and so that's, yeah, I, I didn't, cause I was kind of planning on doing some of that before the conference, but I felt like the conference kind of pushed me over that line. Yes. Same. Yeah. Same. And I, God had prompted me to do this podcast, I think a few months before that, conference but at that conference joshua was talking about the mountain of entertain media and entertainment and Mm -hmm. i have been feeling like that's the mountain that god is calling me into and it but it's laughable to me because i don't want to be on that mountain i do not feel like in any way i um would be in that industry or that realm but i felt like as they were talking like something was stirring in my spirit and then they ask people to come forward so they could be prayed over and receive that, um, that impartation. And I just felt, I literally felt God like lift me up, push me forward in the aisle and just was, and I was at the very back of the whole thing because I wanted to like go to the breakout session really quickly after that. But God like stood me up, put me in the aisle and was like, just go to the front. And I was Um, like, oh gosh, okay. So I go (laughs) and it just, God totally blew me away. And I, I asked right then and there as I was like, had my hands raised praying and I was like, God, you're going to have to give me the name to this podcast because I just don't want it. I don't want to start something and have it be me anymore. I'm just done. Like if it's Um, not God, I'm not doing it. I just, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so right then and there, he gave me the name for this podcast, the prophetic justice podcast, which I heard it so loudly and clearly. (laughs) I was like, well, Okay. And then um, I think the hardest part that I would imagine most everyone has a hard time with is accepting that this is the space that God has called you to. Because like you said, even poverty mindset, that feeling of you don't belong in the space that God has called you to, 
is so real that imposter syndrome that creeps in or is just like so bold which is just it's just satan is like whispering in your ear right but so now i find that that's the piece i'm trying to overcome is that i know where god call is calling me what he wants me to do but now it's like you just have to keep going you have to keep pushing forward doing the things you know we talked about before we started recording it's just I hate listening to the sound of my voice. And so, <laughs> so it's like, okay, God, like you're calling me to do, to use my voice, but I don't even like my voice right now. So yeah. like now we got to work on that. So there's, so right. it's like, you get the calling, you get the mantle, you get yeah. the, this is what yeah. I want you to do. But there's now yeah. it's like walking that out, you know, right. step by step. That's so, it's so good. I feel like we're in the exact same space right now, of course, because with this new business, he's told me he wants me to set aside two hours a week and two hours doesn't really seem like it's a lot of time. Like you, you know, you're like, okay, you can build a business in two hours a week, but, um, yeah, can actually, yes, you really can. You can. And it, it may not be as quick, you know, but when I have this primary role as therapist over here, but what motivates me, and I'm sure this motivates you too. And you and I talked about this a little bit earlier last week is that where I am right now is no longer comfortable. Like I don't, I don't want to be 100% a therapist anymore. Like I want to be able to train and equip people and put tools in people's hands and have a wider, um, just a spread of influence, like not, and, and it is to the point where it's like, there's just so many people who need to hear like the trauma informed stuff or whatever it might be, because that's God, that's, he puts a light inside of us. And he says, do not hide the light that put inside of you stand on top of the hill in the city and let your light shine. And that's kind of, that's an act of obedience for me because I am, even though I might seem extroverted to some people, like I'm a very, I'm a pretty private person yes, on, on, in different ways. And yep. I could be the type of person that would just be like, okay, Lord, I'll just go to like a mountain cabin with you. And like, you just, yes, like, that sounds way better to me. <laughs> you know, I'll write a book <laughs> and you just give me things and that's way more comfortable. Tell me and quiet and I'll get it yeah. done. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I will say, like, I think there is a deeper desire to be known for what God's put inside of me, you know, and have that, you know, have that there too. So yeah, I would agree. It's, it's a cool place to be, but comfortable. No, it's so uncomfortable. The other thing that God is really showing me, cause I'm like, God, there's already so many people doing the things that you're calling me to do. Like in the natural, there's a million podcasts. There's, you know what I mean? There's so much information out there in the social media realm. And I was like, what do you like? How is what you're going to what you put in me any different than what you're calling someone else to do? And when I was praying about it last week, I just kept bringing up, I think it's first Corinthians, but he's talking specifically about the gift of prophecy where we know in part and we hear in part. And so it but it takes all these different parts that God is putting things in different people to bring right. the fuller piece of it together. So what you have might sound a little similar, but the way you hear it and the way that you interpret it and the way that he's put it in your spirit is different than the way he's yeah. put it in someone else's spirit who maybe is, you know, on in a similar line of work. 
And so it's just right. being okay that there's room for everyone at the table, which is so counter to like counter to right. everything as women were taught. Yes. <laughs> when we're trying yes. to work our way up or whatever you have it. But yeah, no, yeah. that's so because I see your podcast giving women and men like a voice to the gifting and callings that they have inside of them like that. Per- and just even like making space for like this prophetic language, you yeah. know, because it's, it doesn't have to be weird. It can just be yeah. part of your everyday life. It can be p- part of your job, you know, being a parent, like it's just a very natural thing for you. And yeah. so I think, you know, and then I think about like, for me, you know, I've worked with people who, I mean, just even like working with people who, feel like they're going crazy because of trauma or they haven't slept in months without medication. And I'm like, these things are fixable, but you know, I think, well, there's gotta be all these trauma informed therapists out there. But when I hear people's experiences, I'm like, but there's still not enough. Like there might be, there might be more and more, it might be growing, but for whatever reason, people need more access. They need more resources. And so it's just knowing that like our gifts are important and valuable. Yes. And I think especially with the work that you do, it um, is that deeper healing that people really need. And I I mean, even here in Duluth, we have like different prophetic uh, ministries or services or deliverance. Uh, people focused on deliverance coming to Duluth and they are those services are packed like it is standing room and people just want healing and so I just you can't convince me otherwise that I you know that therapy is important but people need to be set free like in a different way that only God can do and so I see more and more that coming into the mental health field which is amazing yep absolutely it's definitely a both and and it's like sometimes the therapy creates the groundwork or the space for deliverance to happen, or sometimes it's the other way around, Yeah, depending on the client 100%. and depending on kind of where they're at and what they're ready for. Um, but I think that's another, you know, it's wisdom to know, like for me, I have different ministries or different mm-hmm. professionals that if I'm, there's something I can't do for a client, I can refer them. So it's like yes. knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are too. And just owning that and being okay that I'm not the perfect fit or the best fit for everybody. Right. Um, but when, when somebody does come to me where it's like, oh, this is, yes, I know I can help them. And, mm-hmm. you know, this will greatly improve their lives. I'm like, all right, let's buckle let's up. Do it. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. one thing as we end, I would really love to hear what God is sharing with you in this season whether that's personally or in your field, we which we already little we talked about a little bit, but is there anything that is on God's heart that God is sharing with you that you would love to share with our listeners today as we end here? I would say there's two specific things right now, but you know, it could change by the week because when you're it's on so a true. journey or relationship with God, it's like he just <laughs> ah, tomorrow it's a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, the first thing is, is that I, I want to continue to grow in excellence in my profession. So continue to, you know, get the trainings that I need to, to enhance the skill set that I have, because that goes with that whole apostolic, like, um, you know, 
we have to work towards things, <laughs> work, you know, hard work and all that. So that's something that's yeah. kind of been on my heart, on my mind as a professional. And then the other piece is, is that the Lord's been bringing me a lot of young women. And I never thought I would work with like adolescent, you know, 13 to 20 years old, but I am finding that I absolutely love it. Yes. yes. And I want to set them free from different yeah. lies and belief systems so that they can have a more successful future. Amen. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I received dreams from, from God. And so, you know, there's different things he's kind of showing me prophetically. Um, my top gift is discernment. And mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> um, <laughs> I say that, <clears throat> I say that because if you're a person who has the gift of discernment, uh, it's just like, it's like, I know we're supposed to discern both good and evil mm-hmm. um, because that's like the full maturity gift. But when you have the gift of discernment, sometimes you can pick up on things that other people aren't picking 100%. up on. Yeah. And that becomes a little bit like you feel kind of hypervigilant and I don't know, the Lord mm-hmm. has to like, re- you know, redeem it. But He's been giving me dreams this spring about the children in our nation and how we need to be protecting them. Um, And that it's the parents' jobs when we're talking about families. It's our jobs to be the gates for our children spiritually. Yes. And to not allow anything into our home that would spiritually impact our children. And I think that that alone can help stave off a whole lot of mental health issues for children. Yes. Um, to allow them to be children, to allow them to play, to allow them to um, be who God created them to be. Yeah. And so, I mean, I could go deeper into that. I mean, I'll have to share the dream with you at some point, Tatiana, but yeah, I would love to he's hear that. really passionate yeah. about protecting our children yes, right is. now. Yes. That's yeah. so, that is amazing because I think, um, God is showing a lot of people similar things. But what I really think as well that God is showing parents that they are the, the gatekeepers. Like it all, yeah. like they they are the ones standing guard for their children. And so just having more training on that, I think is so essential because it's yeah. something I never thought of as a parent for many years. Right. It's like the, th- the thing I'm watching on TV, the thing, you know, that I think is just totally innocent is bringing things in that I had no idea about, you know, the things that we right. let our kids watch. You just don't, you don't think of it in that way at all. I know. I know. And it, it becomes, you know, you feel like you become this Christian who is constantly saying no to things. Like you already <laughs> feel like you're saying no yes. as a parent. Yes. But you want to reframe it and think like, what am I inviting my child into? I'm inviting them into more wholeness and, you know, more connection with God. And it's going to take a little bit more work, you know, to do some of it, but it's going to be worth it in the long run, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's just a lot of work being a parent in general, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really, really love that. I would love if you wrote a dream book someday, I would totally read it. <laughs> I love when That's people write about it and share their experiences around dreams. But I would love if we could just end in prayer. And um, yeah. 
I will put your website in the show notes. And if people want to reach out to there, that's probably the best way to get in contact with you, I would imagine. Yeah. Yep. And for those in Minnesota, I provide, you know, mental health services too, and telehealth or in person. And then I'm, like I said, I've opened up a coaching and consulting and I'm forming my vision around that, but just know that, um, for people who are looking for more co- like coaching yep. types of services that that could be for anyone in the United States or That's world. That's amazing. Actually. All right. Yeah. Well, let's end in prayer, Nancy, and then I will let you go. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this conversation that I got to have with Nancy today, Lord. And I thank you for everything that you've gifted her with, Lord. I thank you that you have put um, the love of women and children in her heart, Lord. And I just pray that as she works with these young women, God, that you will just help her and use her to set people free in Jesus' name, Lord. And I pray that you will just give her more and more dreams and visions specific to her work and also just a protection over her own family, God. And I pray that everything that you have called her into, God, that you will just speak so clearly, Lord, that the the discernment will just be just so vivid and that she will just know that you are with her, God. And I just pray over her family, just blessings and protection, God, and that you will just um, walk with her, Lord, as she goes throughout her day as a mother and as a professional. I just thank you so much for this woman of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Prophetic Justice Podcast. Before you go, Show some love by leaving a review, subscribing to the show, and sharing this episode with a friend. You can connect with me on IG at Prophetic Justice Podcast or by email at propheticjusticepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes.